Hi, I'm Dirk Friel, co-founder of Training Peaks, and you're listening to the Training Peaks Coachcast. I'll be sitting down with expert endurance coaches and amazing athletes, each with special stories to tell. At its heart, Training Peaks is about helping you create the best journey possible towards your endurance goals. We hope these stories inspire you to get out there, train with purpose, and never be afraid to sign up for that next big challenge. In this episode, I interview legendary Indianapolis 500 winner, Tony Kanan. Tony is not only a past IndyCar Series winner, but he is also a passionate triathlete who has finished Ironman Hawaii and many other 70.3 events. This year is Tony's final season as a race car driver, so it's likely you will see him toe the line in more triathlons starting in 2021 and beyond. Join me in learning how this Brazilian race car driver got started in the sport of triathlon, found a coach to help him reach his goals, and never looked in the rear view mirror. Tony, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome, Dirk. My pleasure. Yeah, you know, um, I was born in Indianapolis. I know you live there now, and obviously you're a legend in the sport of IndyCar racing, having won the Indy 500 and the overall race series. Um, so this is definitely uh, special for me. It's also, you're my very first guest that has been interviewed on David Letterman. <laughs> so so it's, you're setting a really high bar for future guests. We, li- we like that. We like to set the bar high. You know, you guys, you guys set the bar high. So uh, I, I had to, I had to. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of folks listening really have no idea of the demands of racing, you know, a, a race like the Indy 500. So I'd love to start with just the physical, even the mental side, but you know, that physical side of racing IndyCar. I mean, just first of all, how long is the race? We know it's 500 miles, but how many hours does that take? And kind of walk us through some of the physical demands of, of, of racing Indy. I mean, look, people, uh, there is uh, such a myth that people think that race car drivers are not athletes, right? So when you talk about, you know, you're sitting inside a car that has two radiators because it's an open wheel. So you kind of sit in the middle between two radiators that work at 120 degrees each. You're going at 230, 240 miles an hour, pulling five Gs into the corner. That is a lot of stress on your body, you know, um, you, uh, like for the, the, the listeners that are, uh, you know, familiar with heart rates and, you know, the, 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 the TSS and, and all the stuff, my heart rate. So my, my top, my max heart rate, it's between 165, 172. Uh, I average on a 500 mile race, which lasts three and a half hours. Uh, 258. Uh, sorry, 158. So it's quite high wow. when you think about your sitting. Right, you're sitting down pretty much. You know, uh, you're moving your feet and your arms, and you're trying to hang on at your core. So extremely demanding. Uh, I lose between two to four pounds per race as far as you know hydration goes. We don't have a lot to hydrate because the car doesn't have a lot of space so you can put anything or you're wearing a helmet obviously it's an open wheel so there is not a lot of refrigeration so um it's quite tough i mean it's definitely uh you know it, you have to train if you want to be a race car driver otherwise what's going to happen there is you're driving the car you start getting tired you start worrying about what's cramping and what's hurting and then one little mistake 
at 240 miles an hour uh, can cost you, you know, uh, quite a bit. So you, Absolutely. You, you know, and you're surrounded by walls, so there is no room for mistakes. Yeah, so your your max is around 170. You're you're holding around 158 average for three and a half hours. Yeah, that's 88 percent of my, you know. So basically, we we can talk about it later on, but that's basically how I try to actually use my training, and that's where I mean by recording that stuff, uh, I try to kind of match that in training, um, so I can actually be a better race car driver because obviously, you know. Uh, the best way to become a better driver is driving the cars every day, but we don't do that. It's so expensive. We never test. The tests are limited, so you have to find other ways to do it. So uh, that that's that's how I try to to develop my training. I also love triathlons. We're going to talk about it a little bit too. That's my passion. So between those two, we'll try to simulate what's going on. And by recording that, I record a race on my heart rate monitor so we can log on to TP okay. and then and then kind of like evaluate and then try to with my coach try to simulate some of that stuff outside the car basically get in a room with a trainer in a heater on try to get the heat <laughs> with the thermometer what well, what's the hottest day uh, that I had in a race car and just basically go on swift and burn yourself down pretty much you know and trying to do intervals like that to try to acclimate right so so this actually hinders your triathlon performance in many ways, which people may not realize. You, by training for the race, the the Indy 500, you actually are putting some limits on your triathlon uh, progress because do you limit water intake or fuel intake uh, so, within triathlons? Well, uh, basically, uh, actually gives me an advantage on triathlons if you think about it because, you know, you always, when you talk to pros, pro triathletes the biggest thing because they're running on the limit the entire time the hydration attrition it's one of the key factors for them to perform well for me um you know i kind of go against that unfortunately because in the race car i the only thing i can do in the race car for three hours it's drink a little bit of a a little bit of water that's all we have so i do train for that so what happens is in my this is my experience, and I have to say I'm not gonna. I'm not recommending that because on the triathlons I actually try to hydrate as much as I can because I can. But my body definitely, because I train like that, I can actually. If something happens, I'll give you an example. On the seventy point three that I was doing, um, it was uh, very few transition areas on the bike, and in the two of them I was going too fast, and I couldn't grab a bottle. Because mm-hmm. whatever you know, you're trying to grab it. The guy didn't handle it to you. you. I couldn't grab it, and and I was just fine. And some people would struggle with that, you know. So those are the things that sometimes are beneficial to me, um, because I'm used to go three hours drinking. Probably to be honest, a 17 ounce of water, because the, right. you know we have a little coming back in the car with a little tube that goes to the helmet, but it's not the most comp- comfortable thing to drink at 230 miles an hour. Um, that is not a lot of space, so. I am more accustomed to it, which uh, to me, it gives me an advantage if something, if I'm in trouble on the triathlons, like the heat, um, you know, when I did Kona in 2011, I saw so many people complaining about the heat and I was like, uh, that's just, <laughs> that's just fine with me. Right. You know, so those are the things that it's benefiting me in a way, uh, to do my triathlons, but honestly, uh, it's not a very healthy way to do it, but just the thing is that the race car doesn't allow you to do 
any of that. So you gotta you gotta adapt, right? Like every every our your body will adapt to anything you put the stress into it. Right, right. And when did you start uh, doing triathlon? So it, it's quite funny because I start racing cars. I was well go karts, but racing. I was eight years old, and okay. I was a very very like short and little little boy for my age. I I'm not tall. I'm five five, but so. Mm-hmm. I was really scrawny, and dad was extremely uh, worried because go-karts are quite tough. We don't have power steering, and I had to be able to drive. So he put me to swim because obviously at eight, nine years old, you cannot take your kid to the gym and say, you got to lift some weights. So Mm -hmm. the best way was to swim. I started swimming. I used to swim every day, like 3,000 meters a day. Um, And then as I grew up, I was 12, 13, I started running as well and swimming and bike, obviously, every kid rides a bike. So uh-huh. fast forward, I don't know, I was probably 20. I had a coach, a friend of mine that says, hey, man, you, you do all the three. Why don't you, you know, you need a little motivation. Why don't you sign up to do a triathlon? And that's that's how it started. So 25 years ago for fun. Um, wow. I would not recommend the way I started because I had no idea what I was doing. And I went and... Uh, Sign up for a seven seventy point three, and that was my first triathlon ever. Okay. Um, but I guess what you don't know, you don't know. So it was. I was like, "Well, this race is quite long, man." But uh, you know, that's what I did, and then uh, and then my passion it clicked. It's something that I really, I love doing it. I do it every day. I train the the minimum. It's actually three workouts a day, maximum of four, because remember, apart from the triathlon that I have, you know, the running, the cycling and the swimming, I still got to go to the gym and work on the muscles that I use in the race car, shoulders, neck, core. Obviously I have time. That's what I do for a living. So, uh, I'm very fortunate to, uh, to do that. Yeah. And, and this is all being guided by your coach, Santiago. Is it Ascenso? Santiago Ascenso. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you, uh, how did you find him? How long have you been working with him? Uh, Santiago, we've, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, we've been working together for 11 or 12 years now. Um, Santiago is one of the top, uh, coaches and triathletes, pro triathletes in Brazil. So to me, obviously I met so many great people around the world, uh, because of my status, obviously. Uh, but I felt like, first of all, I really like Santiago. Second of all, being from Brazil, I, I wanted to support triathlon down there. I think uh, it needs, you know, it needs to grow. So I it's felt, growing fast. It, exactly. So I felt like me being associated with him, I would help that as well. Um, so we start basically like that before uh, before my uh, my Ironman in Kona. I think it was a year before that. I kind of like said, you know, I think I need a, a proper coach, and then. Um, I got in and Santiago, the first thing that he did, uh, obviously, um, it was like, okay, so you're a driver, you love data. This is what you got to do. And we start downloading, you know, obviously training peaks and, and, and all the stuff. And we started working together. So I, he became a personal friend because we worked so close. I mean, <laughs> we joke because I think I speak to Santiago more than I speak to my wife or anybody, any member <laughs> of my family every day. You know, we do talk pretty much every day uh he does have a uh i do have a special program with him it's more than one-on-one stuff um, but we help each other a lot i mean i try to help him as much as i can as far as uh, some of my contacts on sponsorship and you know we share some you know 
funny because I'm not a pro triathlete, but I actually, the majority of my actually endorsements nowadays are actually on the triathlon industry, which is quite cool. Um, It's a a demographic that I think the sponsors look that they can get. It's not, you know, now we'll talk about track. We'll talk about Hoka, um, Zip Wheels, SRAM. Uh, I think I, I I reach a demographic that they are looking for for people to get bikes. It's not like the fan of triathlon; it's the fan of racing cars. So, uh, and Santiago kind of got you know to know these people and got some of some of the perks. And uh, so, it's a it's a, it's a really cool relationship. I think it's extremely important to actually like your coach, right? Because yep. there are days that you hate your coach. And <laughs> uh, last Tuesday, I hated him uh, and. It was funny because we do workouts together, although we don't live in the same country nowadays with technology and especially with the pandemic. Uh, I kind of brought a lot of brought a lot of people together. Uh, I got him uh, in contact with Zwift, so he actually the only Brazilian coach that has uh, a ride on Zwift, a workout ride. So last Tuesday he put a ride on that he actually bonked on his own ride. So that that. Uh, that's how hard it was, and I made fun of him, and I told him I was going to mention on the podcast <laughs> just to put him on the spot. <laughs> he he bonked. He Is bonked. That what you said? He bonked. Yeah. on his own on his own ride. It was so hard that he actually bonked, which is fine because <laughs> think about it, Dirk. When he bonked, even him bonking, I uh, I couldn't even pull the power that he was doing. My max power. Oh. it was not even close that what he has. He says, "Well, I had to. We had a fifteen minute." 90 uh sorry 110 percent and for 15 minutes and even him oh. doing 90 percent it, it was my yeah it was 130 for me anyway so it didn't matter oh my lord <laughs> wow and so, so you mentioned zwift you have your own rides on zwift is that right yeah weekly every, ride? every monday night at 7 p.m uh, so people complain about the time but it, this is the time that <laughs> i can uh i have four kids we, we were really busy so we started that i have a really good relationship with them uh uh, funny enough, because it's all related to the racing cars as well. Their headquarters, they can see the race that we do in Long Beach, the street race, IndyCar okay. race, from their mm-hmm. window. So basically, so all the guys are big fans. So we met a few years back. It's been awesome. I mean, I've we average 150 people uh, per ride every Monday mm-hmm. night. Uh, we have a lot of fun. I chat with fans. We uh, we play little races inside the ride, and then I give perks like they get a hat. They get there is some stuff that now sponsors are getting in. We're donating some uh, hydration products from Infinite. I mean, Zip is actually gonna we're gonna put a big event. I shouldn't even be uh, giving you guys all that info because it's still <laughs> on the wraps. But we're probably gonna uh, try to donate a set of wheels in one of the rides. We're gonna come up with uh, you know a a a formula or a little race and so it's awesome and santiago joins and and a bunch of my like the other day we had seven indy 500 winners on on the ride so that is actually pretty cool wow get them all on training peaks yeah they (laughs) actually they are which is it's good and bad dirk because training peaks was my little secret (laughs) you know and and us race car drivers getting into the topic i mean the car, the race cars nowadays, it's all about data. Everything. I mean, yeah, the engineers, right. we have live telemetry. Every They know exactly what's happening in the car while I drive the car. So you can wow. imagine how important data is for us. And, and, and I mean, I, I don't know. People are going to think I'm trying to give you guys props. And I, I, I told you before, 
the broadcast. And I, I'm a big fan. I was so excited when I got the message to be part of the podcast because I am well, a thank huge. You. I mean, this is, it, I, and and I I I'm saying from the heart. It's it's. I only endorse things that I that I really like. I mean, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it just. Thank God, just for the money. Or and then I just a disclaimer <laughs> for people that are listening. I have no deals with Training Peaks at all. I just love the product. Uh, I, I love to see my fitness. I mean, I got crazy, crazy fit in the beginning of the year. Uh, I look at my fatigue. I mean, which I don't like a lot. I look at my form. <laughs> the form is something that it really helped me in the race car, right? So, so so let's go. Let's dig into some of those numbers. Mm-hmm. You talk about fatigue and form. I mean, you're referring to chronic training load, um, the CTL, um, kind of all based around training stress score. Do you track TSS by week or what kind of TSS numbers are you seeing right now? So, I mean, Santiago does like, he yells at me all the time because I kind of like, you know, train quite a bit more than I should. (laughs) But, but, uh, we, we, we definitely track the TSS. Um, you know, if if you if you look, like I'll give you an example, uh, on a on an average <laughs> on an average week, um, yeah. I my TSS will be like nine hundred. Yeah. You know, so and we talk about, but I, like I said, it's three times a day, pretty intense. Uh, we try we try to keep under a thousand, and he yells at me yeah. because the the <laughs> last week the plan was seven forty five. And I did uh-huh. nine twenty five. Oh Lord! This yeah. this week, so just so people know, uh, probably this is recording, but this we're talking about we're three days into the week. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> the plan for the week it's four fifty. I'm already at four forty nine today, and we're still okay. We still four days left, so we do yeah. we do track it, but sometimes Santiago has a hard time keeping me um, under. You know, I actually saw you on TV. What two weeks ago was it? The Texas? Yes, the Texas race. Indy, you were you were tenth, but you got a you got a penalty. You had to do an extra lap in the pit, I think. Yeah, yeah. That that kept you a bit back. But uh, w- talk about going into a race week. Uh, what is that like? So uh, uh, the IndyCar races are always on the weekends, right? So basically, our our normal weekend, not right now because of COVID, but I would say it's Friday we test. Saturday we qualify and Sunday we race. So getting ready for the, an IndyCar race that week would probably consist on it will be let's say I had the weekend off, so the long ride will start on Sunday with a really long ride, like probably 60, 70, 80 miles, right? Um, then Monday will be kind of an easy day, just like really just a, a an active recovery. Just like I would say, you know, a little run and a little bike ride, but keeping it like, I don't know, the run, I don't know, like even like 52 TSS, uh, sorry, 152 TSS or nothing crazy. Like just, and then a bike ride really easy. Like, like I'll give an example. I did an hour ride the other day. My TSS was 25. Just trying to keep things Mm -hmm. really, really low. Tuesday, it's time tire. Tuesday, we wake up the leg, kind of like just maintaining until, because Wednesday and Thursday, Thursday, I travel. I try to do easy. So it's really an easy week, right? It's just, it's like no different than preparing for a triathlon. But then, you know, you get to, to 
over the weekend, the, the stress in the car, it's quite high. You know, when you talk about, I told you, the, the, the races average between two to three and a half hours. And right. and you get, I don't know, you get a, a, a TSS there. If you're going to talk about it, like 180, 190 just on race day. So, I mean, you, you add that to the weekend. I tried to get there, you know, pretty fresh. I mean, my form, we we... We actually go over and then start like basically on Thursday. We try to average that the form is kind of like not at zero yet, but you like okay. above and then because yep. you're gonna you're obviously gonna freshen up, freshen up, and then for Sunday should be like the number that you want to be, you know. And then I'm yep. really really freaked out about numbers, so it has to be zero. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're planning ahead. Yes, always, always, and then obviously. I've been training with Santiago and using the app for the, the program for so long that we know exactly how we're going to get there, you know? So, right. So you have previous year's data that you're referring back to all the time. I mean, we have data from the past. I would say we don't look back because obviously you gotta, people have to understand. And you know that I'm much fitter now than I was a year ago and then so on. So you kind of like, but you look, you look, you go back to the, like I told you, I record the IndyCar races on my heart rate monitor. So with my watch, mm -hmm. so we go back and look. So last year was that, but it was much hotter. Obviously, conditions change and all that stuff. Like Texas, this we never race in Texas this time of the year. We just did the first time. It was so hot. So, mm -hmm. But we have some data that we know. And with my experience and using the triathlon and the training, I know exactly, not exactly, but close enough to, to know my body and what I can take and what I cannot. Right. Okay, so let's jump from three, three and a half hour car racing to Kona. Mm-hmm your Kona experience. I'm sure a lot of people want to hear about that. Uh, you did it in 2011. Yep. You finished. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about, was this always a goal for you? Kona wasn't, I can't say Kona was a goal because Kona for me was some, something so far away because of, people have to understand, I love triathlons, but I'm a race car driver. So I don't have the time. I cannot dedicate myself to become an age grouper that I probably would be able to qualify because that would be hurting my driving. Uh, I'm going to have to lose, you know, I need to pull up muscles that, that I have to have it for the race car and to be mm -hmm. a triathlete. I can't be that heavy. You know, I'm, I'm five, five nowadays. I'm much lighter, but I mean, I'm an average I'm, by any means. I'm a heavy guy, but for my height, I was at 155 uh, people in my height, at five five, a, a good triathlete, it's one thirty five, one thirty five to be mm -hmm. fast, right? So mm -hmm. Kona wasn't even on my dreams because I'm like, well, I can't, I can't never make that. I'm never gonna qualify. So yeah, I, I used to go actually, I I go there every year to watch the race, but in 2011, Ironman got me an invitation because I am who I am, I guess, and I was like, no way. So, and then it was on. I, I actually had promised myself I was never going to do a full Ironman if it was not going to be Kona anyway, because it's so much effort to train. Yep. Just so people understand, I did Kona in between two IndyCar races. So I raced the, the IndyCar race one weekend, Kona, and came back from Kona and did an IndyCar race the following weekend. Wow. So, so you, with that second race, you probably felt it a bit. Oh, the, the day that I hop in the car and I had to press to press <laughs> the brake pedal, my leg hurt so bad that I was like, "We're gonna be, <laughs> we're gonna be in trouble." So that's how Kona happened. Um, mm -hmm. Iron Man invited me. I honestly, 
well, we did, I did it in 12 hours and 40 minutes or something. I did not look at the time. I was not uh, looking for um, any anything like that. I went there to enjoy. I trained as much as I could without putting in jeopardy my racing car career, you know, and, and or my driving because I was going to can't get to the race tired. So like I said, like you imagine we race 17 weekends a year. So out of those 17 weekends, so I actually had, it was one race, Kona was the race before my last race. So 16 weekends or 16 weeks, I couldn't oh. do hard training uh, because right. I had to prepare for the race. But then you race Sunday, Monday, I couldn't do a hard training either. So you count those days and you, you compress to an Ironman training, you're pretty limited what you could do. Right. Right. So... I went there, enjoy. I enjoyed the, the race a lot. I was, uh, you know, swimming my own time. I enjoyed the bike ride and I enjoyed the run. Every aid station, instead to think about I had 26 miles to run, I'll count the aid station. So 25 to go, 24, 23. And then I stopped, had a drink, ate something, kept running. So it wasn't kind of like, oh my God. So basically I probably lost, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds every mile. But uh -huh. But I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. I haven't done it ever since. Um, it's been some rumor. I, I don't know if people know this, but I actually announced that this year is my f uh, last year in IndyCar, my full-time. I'm retiring from a full-time role uh, right. after 23 years. So maybe you yeah. guys will see me in Kona soon. Yeah. Yeah, a little more focus on triathlon. You can give it a full... Yeah, then focus. I will have no excuse, Dirk. I'm going to have to improve my time. <laughs> We're going to get super skinny. <laughs> what was the hardest part of Kona? The training. The Honestly, training. Yeah, the, the, the race itself was not hard. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, obviously, like I said, I did it on my own pace. But once you have the right data, you know, like like I told you, we follow training peaks. Santiago says, how fast do you want to go? I said, no, what's my body can take that I'm not going to be destroyed, first of all. Second of all, I'm going to finish the race. Third of all, I'm going to be okay the weekend after. It's a lovely sport, but we have to go out and run 20 miles and ride 100 miles on the same day. It's, uh, it's quite tough. So the training was the toughest part. Yeah. You know, you obviously love the equipment side of things. Um <laughs> Talk to us. Have you ever been to a wind tunnel or gotten to that level of uh, uh, aerodynamics? I uh, I actually have not been to a wind tunnel myself. Like me trying, I've I've, I've watched guys on the wind tunnel, but uh, I mean that's something that I uh, I'm still. It's still one of the things that I want to do in my life. Obviously, aerodynamics has everything to do with the race car. Uh, the bike itself, like it has everything to do you know, carbon mm -hmm. fiber, aerodynamics mm -hmm. and position, which, you know, I hate myself for, but being built as a race car driver, we're not extremely flexible. Uh, we have a bunch of, you know, like every other athlete that does another sport for a living, you have consequences of your own sport. So we have back issues. We're all like, we, our posture, it's terrible because you're sitting in the car, your back is curved. And so I struggle quite a bit on the aero position. So I'm not... It, like I've done my feeding plenty of times. I mean, my relationship with track goes back 13 years and, and, you know, they built one of the fastest bikes in, in, in the game and I cannot 
I, if I have to, to ride the most aero position that my that I that I would be faster, I can't physically. I can't. <laughs> I you know I think that's the case for so many people. You know, you ha- it's the balance between aerodynamics and what can you maintain. Yeah, and that's the ideal position, not the most aero position possible. Uh, it's what can you actually maintain for the longest time period. Uh, what about pacing on the bike? Yeah, you have a power meter, obviously. Uh, I, so, so here's a. Uh, I will give you guys a tip that if, if people that don't know me, if if it's not recorded on Training Peaks and I don't have a power meter, I'm not going for a ride because the ride didn't happen. So, okay. <laughs> uh, plenty of times I came home and swapped bikes uh, because if for some reason you know you you get on the ride and the power meters are right. working or out of battery or, you know, nowadays, mm-hmm. obviously you can change them pretty quick, but before, back in the days, you remember you had to charge them at home and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, uh, yep. I do have a power meter. I feel really like I got so hooked on it that sometimes I don't think it's actually even a good thing, but I, I feel completely lost if I don't have it. Right. What about your bike pacing in 70.3s are you are you looking at trying to target a number or are you just going off feel so obviously depending on your fit depending on your fitness right so for me because i'm a number guy and i'm not going for again i'm not a pro right the pros i mean i see the pros racing without even i'm like you don't you know you're not looking at the power they're like man you're racing you're going i'm like wow okay if i do that i'll probably bonk by mile 15 because i'm gonna go all i can you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so but so though i'm i'm really dependent i would say on my numbers so what i what we do with santiago before the race you know your ftp you know your fitness but also depending on the day so but but you so you said i set a goal which sometimes i have to say is not the healthiest thing because sometimes you feel better sometimes you feel worse and if you feel worse that can be pretty depressing but Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I do. So basically, we'll, on a 70.3, say, okay, you're going to ride at 90% of your your EF, and and, and that's it. So the last Ironman, uh, half that I did, um, because I love the bike, Santiago is like, you cannot ride at 90% because your run's probably going to jeopardize your run. I said, <laughs> I don't care. I want to ride fast. I'll figure out on the run. And it actually right. worked out pretty good because I still ran the pace that I was supposed to run. So it worked out for me. Uh, according to Santiago, probably because I was stronger on the bike than my FTP was, we had to do another FTP, which we didn't, but whatever that reason was, but yes, we always set a goal. So obviously, especially for me, because I don't have that experience, a lot of the, the pro guys and the, the, you know, the top age groupers know their body well enough. They know what they can do. Um, I go by the numbers quite a bit. Yeah. You know, um, what's maybe the maybe it's kona i don't know but what is a race where you had the worst experience and, and a lesson learned from it uh do you have a 70.3 clear, oh, or something clear water 70.3 the worlds um mm. i uh, i got an invitation from ironman that same year to uh to do it in preparation for kona in 2011 remember they used to do it in clear water then they changed i think it was two years before they changed so anyway uh i I got out of the water. Like I said, I, I've been swimming since I was a little kid. So the, the swimming for me is nothing. And I decided that I was going to actually, I felt good the first half of it. And I was uh, like probably 0.1, 0.2, 0.3, 0.4, 0.5, 0.6, 0.7, 0.8, 0.9, 0.10, 0.11, 0.12, 0.13, 0.14, 0.15, 0.16, 0.17, 
uh, up on my EF and, 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 but I felt good. I'm like, well, I'm going to keep going. It just feels good today. And I hammered on the bike. And I remember coming into transition when I unclipped, when I went to do the little movement to swing your foot, you know, to unclip, I cramped. Oh, right away. So, I mean, you're talking about cramping right before your run. (laughs) Um, that was probably the worst experience because from then on I ran, but I was cramping. My thighs were cramping both of them, the entire run, the entire half marathon. It was not one time that I wouldn't, you know, the impact and I wouldn't like, obviously I wasn't running as fast as I hoping I was hoping for because of that too. But uh, I said, I also, I was not going to walk. Um, and, and, and pretty much, I cramped the entire time, which huh. was manageable because obviously it wasn't as bad as a cramp that made me stop or seize my my muscle that I fell off, you know, that I fall. But it was definitely the worst experience. And the lesson was learned from there. Did you go too hard on the bike? Oh, uh, when, I mean, I went 100. I finished the ride at 105% of my FTP, which is. Oh, Lord. Yeah. You, you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, you are wrapping up your racing career, um, but hopefully starting a new one, let's say. <laughs> so will we see you at more races uh, starting next year? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, I, I will still be doing some car racing, not in the intensity that, I, that I've been doing for 23 years. And then uh, my goal is to, uh, to do at least uh, 370.3s and actually Kona. So good thing about it, you know, I would say if you want to take a positive thing about COVID, we have Kona twice next year. So yes, I might, I might pick one. Ho- hopefully, I would say I need an invitation from Ironman, but um, I have plenty of sponsors now. Hoka is the sponsor and uh, that I think I can uh, I can ask to see if I can be there. It's winter here in India, a good excuse to go to Hawaii in the beginning of the year. Uh, Absolutely. And go away to a training camp in December. So hopefully... That that's the goal. You guys will see me in a lot more races for sure, uh, and that's something that I've been wanting to do quite a bit for quite a bit to- some time. But uh, because of my racing, my you know my real racing schedule, it didn't allow yeah. me. Well, you know whether you're racing or not in Kona, hopefully we see you twice on the island. Oh no, that is a fact. If you guys, okay, that is a you know I go every year and then I'll be there. I already have. We rent the same house for the past six years. The house is rented already for February and is rented for next October too. So uh, we will we'll be I will be there for sure. Awesome, got something to look forward to. Hey, Tony, any anything? Any last words from you, Dirk? I want to thank you guys. Honestly, uh, it's not. Uh, I think you guys uh, do an awesome job with 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 the app. You know, if we're gonna call the app, but we're gonna call the program. But uh, it's something that if if People have not experienced that. Uh, I want to thank you guys because that helped me quite a bit uh, on my racing career. It's not even I'm not even talking about on my triathlon career. So it, it helps me quite a bit on, on on what I do for a living. So great job! I'm a big fan. Thanks for the interview. I mean, I love talk about triathlon and racing. This is my the two passions of my life, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see each other soon. Yeah, thank you so much. And me being uh, an Indiana boy, I uh, 
little special place in my heart. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks again, Tony. Thanks for listening to the Training Peaks Coachcast. For more episodes, visit trainingpeaks.com slash podcasts. Please head on over to Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you find your podcast to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Until next time, get out there, train with purpose, and never be afraid to sign up for that next big challenge. 